Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm here on the Unplayable Podcast with Glenn Maxwell, who is the latest cricketer to suffer a serious injury after a freak accident. There's been a few among cricketers, unfortunately, over the last uh, last few months. Glenn, I mean this question sincerely because sometimes you, you ask it and, you know, you, it's um, it's a bit of a filler, but um, how are you? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is a strange question because normally you just sort of say, yeah, going well, hmm. but uh, it's, been, it's certainly been a tough week. Um, spent most of it in hospital, um, trying to sort of get the pain down and... Um, been trying to recover and spent the last I think it's probably been three days three or four days at home and probably got even tougher um not being able to have that constant nurse care and constant people like looking after you and um be able to control the the pain side of it so um it's been it's been a challenge but um hopefully over the next week or two it starts to get a little bit easier mm. I imagine it would have been tough on your wife uh Vinny like is she she around to help you or <laughs> <laughs> she's been, she's been on absolute fire. Um, so a bit my beck and call basically nonstop. It's been really hard work on her. Um, she's obviously still working from home as well. So uh, for her to basically have a full time job with me and um, also be able to keep working is uh, just shows she's there's always a, a a stronger woman behind every every bloke and she's she's obviously the strong one in this relationship. Who's been taking such good care of me and. Um, it's probably the start of a of a of a long recovery, but she's been a great help to that. I alluded to off the top around you know these kind of freak accidents happening. Johnny Bairstow broke his leg walking to a tee box, and he missed the World Cup. Josh Inglis uh, broke his hand on the golf course as well um, with a, a six iron snapped in his hand. You play more golf than than both of those two, I'd I'd safely guess. Uh, but this did not happen on a golf course, Glenn. What um what what happened? I think is is the the question everyone wants to know. Yeah, well, pretty much exactly what I said in the initial, um, I suppose, release statement. I was, it was so innocuous. Um, I was at a 50th uh, with a couple of my old Fitzroy Doncaster friends. Uh, we all had our wives there. Um, and one of my mates, who was also one of my school teachers, um, we were sort of laughing about something and I sort of almost pretended to chase him off somewhere. And... Outside, it was just raining just a little bit, and it, they didn't really have a grass backyard. They had synthetic grass, and it was only just a small little area just around the corner. And I, I reckon we both took about three or four steps out there, and both slipped sort of at the same time. I just got my foot stuck a little bit, and he fell, unfortunately, at a, a really bad angle and landed straight on my leg, and it just snapped like I, I heard and felt every part of it. And um, yeah, it was pretty painful. It was sort of screaming a bit and um and he was like please tell me you're joking please tell me you're joking um and I was like and then I just sort of hit this ultimate calmness of like shock 
I'm just like, nah, I've just broken my leg. I'm pretty sure I've, both the bones are broken. I don't think I should move. Can you please get my wife? <laughs> um, so then, and because it was still really early, it, was, it wasn't that late. I was on the phone to the doctor trying to work out what I should do. And um, I, was in, I was in a pretty clear state at that stage. And, and I, I think I was laying, I was laying on, outside. They got, out, they got out like this mini sort of tent gazebo to sort of cover me from the rain because we were outside and they didn't really want to move me. Um, just while they were, we were waiting for an ambulance as well. So there was a, about a 40 to 50 minute wait of me just laying outside um, until we, until we sort of made that we made a couple of phone calls to a couple of doctors um, who advised that it would be okay for me to move. And um, Vinny went and got my car, drove it around uh, to the front um, and two of the guys ca- uh, carried me outside and, put me in the back seat and that was one of the most painful drives I've ever had in my life, trying to hold my foot off the ground. Um, and basically on no painkillers as well. So that was, um, that was quite interesting. It was about a 45 minute drive to the hospital that they recommended. Um, and then uh, as I got to the hospital, uh, the emergency department, I sort of got put in a wheelchair and sort of got to see the doctor pretty reasonably quickly. And then, uh, because we, we ended up getting to the hospital about 11 o'clock, I think. So after after all that waiting around and not much happening and then finally getting there, um, I was I was expecting to sort of get rushed into surgery as soon as possible, but it, they sort of said it wasn't a, as emergency as it possibly could have been and they put me on a few drugs and painkillers huh. to try and sort of help out. And um, it, was a, it, it was a really long wait. So I was sort of I – was, I was wide awake. I was – I was still just sort of trying not to think about things too much. Um, and then it, it got to about, I think, three in the morning. and or two, About 2.30 in the morning, I, I, I told Vinny to sort of head home, uh, get a bunch of things and at least rest up. So at least one of us was um, in a good state of mind for the next day. And yeah. uh, so she went home, uh, got a bit of sleep and came back early in the morning and um, – and I still hadn't slept a wink of sleep. I got to about two, two, two thirty in the PM, and then I finally went and saw the surgeon um, and had surgery. Um, and then after surgery, it was still another. It was another night of every half hour the doctors were checking in, so I, I probably didn't sleep for two days while I was in agony. So it was. Um, it was a pretty horrible couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> those first two days, and then, um, but yeah, bit, well, as I said, my wife was unbelievable through it all. She was so calm. Um, she was, yeah, she was brilliant. So you, you said, uh, I mean, there's a, little, a few things to pick up on there, Glenn. Like um, maybe f- first of all, like you said, you, you knew straight away that it was it was pretty serious, and that you felt like it had, had snapped twice or, or snapped in in two places. Is that kind of what? What the what the X rays showed? What what was the yeah? What did they kind of show up? Well, I I shattered my fibula, so I knew, that one was I think the first snap I heard. Oh. Um, that was complete. It was snapped in half, but it shattered also through the bone. Um, there was a I think there was a bit of a chip off the tibia as well, 
but I ruptured all the ligaments on top of my foot as like in between the both. So it's, it's like the syndesmosis um, ligaments and they, they were all ruptured. So um, I did a good job of it for such an <laughs> innocuous thing. And I, I think this is the, this is the frustrating thing about it all. So I've done some dumb things on the field, some <laughs> dumb things off the field. And I've never even come close to injuring myself or looking like injuring myself. And um, to do something so innocuously and just, it's just it's just frustrating because it's just nothing it was just it was just a nothing incident like the amount of times that i've jumped into a a, a pool and gone oh that was probably a bit more shallow than i thought and not even a scratch not even a bruise or anything not even a rolled ankle and to yeah just do something that's just nothing absolutely nothing it's just a nothing incident it's just a little bit slippery and just yeah all of a sudden, there goes a couple of months. Yeah, and I mean, we're gonna we're gonna speak a little bit about how how you're going, mate. But how's the the guy? You know, your former school teacher who's who's fell on you. Like, how how did he kind of feel? Um, he was probably worse than me the first few days. Um, he, he was absolutely devastated, and even after after the incident, when I was sort of lying in the backyard, and we were just sort of, I was just chatting away to people, trying to sort of distract myself from the pain, and um, he was. He was beside himself. He was he was pretty shattered and mm. um, couldn't believe something so, as I said, innocuous can sort of lead to um, uh, probably a, a decent a decent time on the sidelines. And um, a lot of the people that were at, at that 50th were some of my biggest supporters and some of the biggest helps that I've had in my career. And, um, yeah, I, I, they've all been in contact. We've been sort of talking a fair bit this week and um, – yeah, they're certainly um, hurting just with me. Yeah, yeah, I imagine they are. Um, and so you you said you're kind of in this this state of like a clear mindedness almost that when you when you first had it and that you didn't kind of feel that much pain. I mean, uh, how long did that kind of take to to wear off, Glenn? Uh, well, it just it came in and out. So every now and then I'd sort of I'd just feel it. Huh. Um, but I was trying to sort of distract myself and not sort of think about my leg and sort of get stuck into a conversation. But I, as soon as, as soon as you sort of think about it again or try and move your leg, just the, the pain was excruciating. And um, I've probably had that a little bit more over the last couple of days. And um, as I said, it's just a little bit, a little bit more different, different when you've only got, only got sort of one person who you're annoying nonstop to try and yeah. like get another ice pack or, um, get another pillow to hold your leg up, and um, yeah, it's 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 been hard work. But as I said, my wife's been unbelievable. She's um, sacrificed a lot of sleep to basically take twenty four hour care of me, and mm. um, I'm very grateful. So what's the what's the upshot, Glenn? Like how um you know how much time will it will it take for you to get back on your feet again? How long will it take to to get walking, running? Um, I mean, what's what's kind of been the the thing, the, the I guess the roadmap that they've um they planned out for you? Oh, that, I think that's sometimes the hard thing because it's so early on. Mm. It's it's only been a week um, since I had the surgery, and um, there's still a few a lot of steps to sort of go before you can sort of even set out a proper roadmap. And um, I, I see the orthopedic surgeon on on Wednesday, and hopefully I have a bit of a clearer update of how it's recovered over the first ten days and. Um, and then we can start to work on getting into a swimming pool, doing some walking in the pool and starting to 
get some get some work into it and or some strength into it. But it's going to take a long a long time. It's still um, a pretty severe injury, and um, I, I know it's it's sometimes hard to be patient with these sorts mm. of things. But it's one of those things where I've got to be got to be patient. I'm just trying to do the right things as much as I can. So um, I've been icing pretty much two-thirds of the day um, most days so it's been um it's been a it's been busy days yeah. uh, i'm always i'm always finding myself doing something um trying to elevate it trying to always keep it pretty still uh use the crutches wherever i go and um and just try and avoid knocking it avoid trying to put it through any any more trauma and um, try and take care of it as well as I can. And um, hopefully if I can do all the right things, I can, I can make the minimum amount of recovery time and I can get out there and, and get back to doing what I love. But um, yeah, it's still a long way to go, but I'm hoping that if I can do all the right things and, and tick all the boxes, it can make it a, um, a quick recovery. The physical, the physical aspect of it is is notable, Glenn. Like, a, you know, the the amount of pain that you're in, um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to hard to fathom um, for anyone who who probably hasn't been through that. But from a mental point of view, mate, like it's um, how how have you found that that side of it, and how do you you know how do you kind of manage that um that going forward? Because it's it's going to be um challenging not to be doing the the thing you love, right? Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably going to be the hardest part. I think watching, um once the stars go out and start playing, um, even watching the Aussies at the moment, um, watching the teams that you've been a part of been sort of ingrained in for such a long period of time um, out there playing without you. It's, it, it, it's, it's hard, but it's also, I've, I've been injured before. I've been out of, I've missed squads. I've, um, I've had time on the, on the boundary line. So um, I suppose it's okay at the moment because um it's only just this series, but I think once the Big Bash starts, it'll probably hit home a little bit harder and um, hopefully I can still stay involved, do some commentary, get involved with the team, um, even just helping out around the group. I'll, I'll be trying to do as much as I can just to stay busy and, and involved. But um, yeah, as I said, I've got to, got to get back on two feet first, got to be able to um, at least put some weight on my foot and be able to... Um, be half useful <laughs> yeah yeah i imagine imagine you're not feeling it at the moment is there i mean what's the the light at the end of the tunnel for you glenn like is there a particular series or, or a tour or or something that you think is a is a realistic possibility as a as a best case scenario to um to get back for i'm trying not to think too far ahead i think if i if i put my mind to something um and i don't make it i feel like that would be probably even more heartbreaking mm. and It'd be it'd be hard to, I suppose, get my hopes up for for a certain timeline and, and not quite make it. But I think I believe if I do everything right, um, and as soon as I sort of get into recovery mode, I'm pretty focused. I'm pretty um, pretty resilient in the fact that I'll, I'll do everything I possibly can to get myself right. And whether it is just long days icing keeping my foot in the same position, whatever it takes, I'll, I'll make sure that I do it. And um, It's one of those things that it comes with diet as well, drinking a lot of water, mm. um, eating the right things and, and just trying to make make sure yourself, make sure you're in a, um, the best place to possibly recover. And um, I'm just hoping that I can do all the right things and I can, I can see those rewards, I suppose. As the weeks go by, it's not going to be an immediate... Um, thing where you see the immediate results, but I'm hoping 
down the track I'll be able to see some positive results, whether that be from the surgeon saying that um, I'm ahead of schedule, whatever it is, and just not pushing it too hard, being able to sort of um, keep doing the right things and um, being able to build the strength up at different times and um, and hopefully I'll be back in no time. Is there anyone else you've spoken to who's gone through a similar injury? Because, I mean, it's I imagine it's not... Um... Uh, it's not something that happens to cricketers a lot. It's probably more like a, a footy type injury. Have you been able to kind of pick the brains of anyone who's who's been through something similar? Uh, not yet, but I, I have been sort of planning to sort of head into St Kilda Football Club once I can, um, I suppose, do some stuff like weight bearing, some pull work. Um, I got contacted by um, Justin Kajitsky, who's working in the Danny Frawley Centre at the moment. Um, who offered up the services of that place to to help out with my recovery and um, and I know a lot of the Saints boys down there so I'm hopefully it, when my recovery starts to sort of get into some full swing I can get down there and, and I suppose have a, have a chat to a few of the guys there that have been through some pretty traumatic injuries mm. as well and um, and hopefully learn learn a bit off them and what they did in their recovery process. From memory, Cosy suffered a, a pretty bad broken leg himself back in back in his playing career, didn't he? Uh, it's a good question. Yeah. I, I know Ben, ben Patton, uh, I think, broke his leg. Might have been last year. Um, so I'm, I might have a chat yeah. to him. He's also a pretty keen golfer. So <laughs> I remember seeing him on the golf course before seeing him back out in the footy field. So who knows? It might be a good thing for my golf game. I might be able to get a few <laughs> rounds of golf yeah. in. That might, I might be able to throw that into my recovery. So, um, But yeah, there, there's just little steps that I've got to, I've got to tick off on the, on the way. Um, to back to playing my playing cricket, and um, hopefully, I can I can tick those off in in a quicker time than normal. And there's almost a chance to kind of um, you know think about something outside of cricket for a while, like going into St Kilda Football Club and being around people who, who look at sport differently, who, who look at life differently. Is it a bit of a, a chance to expand your horizons a bit? Yeah, I, I feel like I've been doing that a fair bit over the last couple of years. Anyway, it's it's it's. As weird as it, as it sounds, it's actually probably not the worst time, horrible mm-hmm. circumstances, but it's probably not the worst time in my career to have a bit of a break. Um, to sort of, I, I don't know what, what the right words are. It's probably revitalise yourself for the back in your career or, um, I don't know, give yourself that refocus mark and... and I think even when I did the injury, I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish my career the fittest I've ever been. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that I, I never have another soft tissue injury again, or whatever it is. I just, I'm gonna be so focused for my gym work, and it, and it probably is one of those things that's, it has refocused me a little bit, and um, I think that's the that's the one sort of silver lining I, I probably see. I think I don't get injured, um, and I finish probably. I probably go through the summer, maybe go to the India, and I'm a, I'm a spare spare player on that tour. Play the one day series, finish the IPL, and I'm cooked by the end of June. and And I'm probably looking at the end of my career a lot sooner, and um, my body's probably tired and cooked. Um, and, and the end's probably closer than it should have been um, at 34. Mm. But I think I think now that I, I can probably I don't know re- reassess and make sure that. The back end of my career, I'm fit, strong, healthy, and um, and hopefully in a better state. Let's say for the next year's World Cup, um, 
and and all tournaments going forward and I can, I can still keep pushing forward and um, finish my career off um, on a high instead of sort of fizzling off and, and not being able to finish it the way I would have liked. And um, you kind of, um, I mean, before the injury, Glenn, you had the comments, I think, that I think a lot of people felt might have been misconstrued in the way they reported, but... Um, <laughs> they certainly were. Right, okay. Well, <laughs> well, you can you can include that in, in the answer, but to, to give the listeners context, you spoke a little bit about... Um, uh, you know the world, the pack schedule, and and you know the 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 possibility that you were going to lose the World Cup or, or not make the semi-finals of the World Cup, which hadn't been confirmed at that point, and subsequently yeah, I, was. Yeah. So I mean, I, tell tell me about how a you know if they were misconstrued, what were they, and, and how do those comments also kind of fit into your to your mindset? Well, well, the question was, um, do you dwell on not winning the World Cup? Hmm. And I, I sort of said, well, you, you can't afford to dwell because you've got so much cricket coming up, so there's no real time to do it. Um, and I sort of said, it doesn't really matter, but it was sort of more in, it doesn't matter if you dwell or not, because if you dwell, you've already missed a game or two, you've missed an opportunity to play well for your country. And if you don't dwell, you're, you're focusing on the next next game. So when I said it doesn't really matter, that's what I was sort of referring to. So it was, it's up to the individual what they if they wanted to dwell on it, but there's not enough time to. So when I saw the the headlines, I was like, well, they've just made up a headline to a question that's completely different. So that's what, that's what that was all about. And, mm. um, but yeah, that's, that's basically when I, I looked at that and went, well, bugger media, they can go stuff itself. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and a lot of, a lot of players do that. Cause when they, when they see headlines out of something that gets taken completely out of context, they do get a little bit, shy and sort of stand off, standoffish from sort of saying hmm. exactly what's on their mind or exactly how they feel because it's if it gets taken the wrong way it's it, it makes them look bad and it makes them look ostracized from the rest of the team and sort of saying that's something that's not not on the team's radar at all and 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 I, i'm not saying at what for one second that we as an australian team didn't care at no stage was, was i saying that but all of a sudden that's coming out as a headline i was like well, that's not true. <laughs> like, mm. That's, not, that's mm. not true at all. We certainly cared. Like we, that's all we that's all we cared about at that time. We we wanted to win the World Cup, but it was sort of taken out of our hands by Finn Allen for the first four overs of the tournament and a washed out England game. And all of a sudden, like we're we're out and we're gone. I think there's an element of some some parts of of the public. You know, and, and maybe some sections of the media, Glenn, expect a, a level of almost like performative disappointment, right? Like if you've, you know, you've you've lost the game, and we want we want you to show how much this means to you by how devastated you are. And I, and I think, you know, you guys have have been uh, have done a pretty good job in explaining that that's not necessarily the best way, or or how you might process disappointment. Yeah, and um, I think if you if you go so high and so low during the ups and downs of cricket, it's just going to be such a tired run. You're going to be caught. You're going to be burnt out. You're going to be, you're going to be drained in no time. And um, yeah, we were certainly disappointed that we didn't win the world cup, but we were also very realistic about why we didn't win the world cup. It was, it's a quick tournament. T20 can be so fickle. We understand that. And that's why we under, that's why we were so, um, I suppose, amped at how we won the world cup last year. Mm. Everything went right for us. Things clicked into place. And you need that to win a tournament like that. I mean, you look at Pakistan. They lost two games 
during the tournament, but still somehow made the final, which is unheard of in a T20 tournament when you've got you, you can't make mistakes, and they made two of them. They, <laughs> they lost two games, yeah. um, including losing to Zimbabwe, and um, and the eventual winners lost to Ireland. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you, like it, it's just teams were sort of afforded mistakes at different times where we probably just weren't. Hmm. Um, we won the games that we probably should have. Unfortunately, we lost to New Zealand, which was always going to be a tough game, and and we just didn't get an opportunity to win the other game, which was against England. So um, it's just one, it's just one of those tournaments where um, it was just really difficult to sort of um, be so overly shattered because it felt like we didn't do a whole lot wrong. Hmm. So to be out of the tournament, it's like well. It would have been great to win, but it just didn't. It didn't feel like we had enough opportunities to sort of showcase why we were the defending champions, and we want to. Um, as I said, it just would have been so good to play that England game in front of a packed house, decent weather in Melbourne. Mm. But that's the risk of having a tournament in October in Melbourne, where what was it? The first four rounds of Premier Cricket get washed out. Five, mate. Five. Five first yeah. five. Um, yeah. Look, there was always those risks, and um, unfortunately, we were just a, a little bit unlucky. And and T Twenty cricket can be a bit like that sometimes. Let me ask you about um about some of the Red Bull stuff because you you did mention the uh, the India tour is is kind of on your on your horizons. I know you you'd had a couple of sessions with Victoria, right, facing the the Red Bull again. Um, and I'm guessing the the Shield game that uh, I don't want to rub this in, mate, but the the Shield game that might have been starting this week was that kind of on your on your radar before all this. Yeah, it certainly was, and I think out of all the out of all the cricket I was going to miss immediately, this is probably the one that oh the, the two games that probably hurt the most. Um, I was so excited, even the couple of sessions I had with Ben Rora um, and the and the Vic side um, in the couple of days after the, the last World Cup game, I. I I went back. I was working on different things again, much much the same way as Steve Smith was working on different things behind the scenes, and um, it was just exciting again. It was there was just a a, a feeling of I feel like I'm always improving when I'm playing this format. I feel like there's always there's always a space where my technique can get better. There's always a um, an opportunity to. Whatever I take from the red ball game, I can take that into my white ball format um, at the start of my innings and become a better starter, a better manipulator of the ball, a better watcher of the cricket ball, whatever it, it might be. It just feels like I make the, the biggest strides when I'm working on my red ball game. And um, even Ben Rora, I, I spent, I reckon, 10 minutes with him and he picked up on things that I was working on in the preseason that I might have just taken. I might have just gone away from a little bit just because I was working on a lot of T20 power hitting and we were so focused, I suppose, on on impacting the game and doing different things. And uh, for him to sort of pull me back into that technical mindset straight away, it was actually, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the session and just talking to him about it. And um, yeah, I think that, that, that's probably why these, these two, missing these two games is, they're going to be hard to watch. I think, I think those two games are going to probably be the hardest to watch. Um, Knowing that that would have been a great opportunity to to play red ball red ball cricket again, it's been three three years since I played, um, 
and yeah, it was something that I certainly put in the in the calendar early this this year, and was looking forward to being involved in. It's very noticeable, Glenn, um, that glint in your eye that you get when you when you speak about Red Bull cricket. I remember, um, you know, when we spoke to you after you got called into the Sri Lanka Test squad after that um, that one day in Colombo, and you know, you just you just you were you were glowing, mate. And like, does that is that even even now is that you know one of the things that that kind of is going to be driving you over over the next few weeks and months? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a there's obviously there's a time limit, I suppose, on when, when they're going to announce that squad to to India, and and to be fair, there's a high chance that I probably won't make it. Um, there's um, they're obviously going to have to see me playing playing cricket. They're obviously going to have to take a big risk if they if they do take me. But um, I think I think that's probably why I don't want to sort of set any dates or or timelines of when I when I can get back. But um, but yeah, I, I would dearly love to be okay for that. But um, as I said, I'm I'm sort of a a slave to how my body recovers and and sort of how quickly I can um, I suppose get the strength back into it and then get back playing cricket again. You mentioned the BBL as well, and and hopefully some some commentary might um might pop up around that, which um I think we'd all we'd all enjoy. Um, not 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 as much as you playing, obviously, but maybe maybe the next best thing. Um, who's captaining the stars? In if you uh, if you can't get on the park for the big bash, it's a good, very good question. We've got some guys that will put their hands up to to do the job, and um, I think what we've been trying to work on over the last few years is is have a bit more of a leadership group, have a, have guys sort of chipping in and helping out at different times. And um, obviously with COVID last year, we've had different captains. Um, so, yeah, there, there, there's a few guys. We've got to probably have a meeting over the next couple of days with the with the staff and um, try and nut out a few things this year. But um, there's, a, there's a few few solid names up there and whoever does it this year, I'm sure will do a good job. I imagine Adam Zampa is putting his hand up. Is that, uh, is that fair to say he'd be in the mix? Yeah, Zamp Stein... Um, Bo Webster, Nick Larkin, we've got we've got plenty of experience, uh, I think, in that side. Joe Burns uh, as well. Uh, Joe Clark's going to be there the whole season. So we've got some guys that have got some real leadership um, qualities that can um, put their hand up and do the job. And, and and even if they don't get the job, we've got leadership to sort of help out at different times. I think having good vice captains as a as a captain is sometimes just as valuable as having a good captain and. I think that's one of the things I've been really blessed with at the Stars is having those senior guys around to bounce ideas off, to to talk about um, different strategies and tactics throughout the game to to help you get the right result for your team. And um, I, I hope the guy that does get the job can involve those guys as much as they, as much as possible, and it becomes a it becomes a team driven exercise instead of just the captain um, driven thing. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing whoever takes the reins and, and how it goes this year. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you about um, about your good mate Aaron Finch, who I know is um, you know probably probably weighing things up from an international perspective. I imagine we'll we'll see him um, in the big bash with with the Renegades. Have you spoken to him? Uh, and and what's the um, you know with that that T Twenty captaincy? Is it something you've spoken to him about um, potentially doing yourself? Uh, no, not at all. Hmm. Um, we haven't really spoken a lot about each other's careers. It's it's been a bit strange. I think I think now that he's sort of probably the other side of the other side of the of the bay to to me now, it's 
we've got a bit of separation. We just text about random things, a bit of golf here and there, but we haven't really sort of spoken about cricket as, as such. Um, he seems in a really good place at the moment. I think he's looking forward to playing the Big Bash and, and doing some commentary stuff and, and probably exploring a bit more of what I'm going to see this year is, is maybe a glimpse into life after cricket and um, who knows, he, he might make his mind up after that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be completely his decision and um, his decision alone because he showed some he showed some great signs towards the end of that World Cup. He was, he was hitting the ball um, like we know Finchie can. Um, I suppose that's... It's a bit of a shame that while we weren't in finals, we, we all felt like we were starting to peak. We were all starting to hit the ball really well. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, we just didn't quite make it. Thinking about life after cricket, is it uh, – I mean, for, for him, it's one thing. For you, it's probably something you, you're doing a, a little bit more of now that, you know, you've you've got a lot of time to think, really. Is it um, is it scary? Uh, not really. Hmm. Um, I, th- I think I'm just excited. I, I, th- I played um, – it's actually quite funny. The, the day before I got injured, um, I played the Vic PGA um, Pro-Am and I absolutely loved every second of it. And it made me sort of think that I'd love to be able to play a lot more of those amateur tournaments. And um, I suppose once I finish cricket, I, I'd love to start practicing more, be able to work on my golf game and, and maybe play play a bit of that. And um, to get those competitive juices going, I think playing that sort of competitive environment is something I'd really enjoy, and um, that probably gave me a clearer idea of what I wanted to do. Uh, um, just to get the competitive juices still going, I probably would like to play a game or two of cricket with my brother um, back at local cricket at some stage. But um, but yeah, I don't think I'd. Um, I, I'm not too. I'm not too scared of retirement. I don't think it's something that's it's going to. Even if I finish tomorrow, it's not something that's going to scare me too much. I feel like I've got enough in line that I'll, I, I enjoy doing and enough that I enjoy doing away from cricket that I'll be absolutely fine. Is going pro in golf like a, a serious option? Is it, is it something you could get to? or No, not pro. I think I'd enjoy playing like the amateur events around around the place and uh, and just I think just enjoying that competitive nature of playing playing golf against people and um, it's such a great game. It's you versus the course a lot of the time, and I think that's why I enjoy it. You can sort of get in your own head, and you can just do do your own thing. It's um, it's it's so peaceful. It's it's great. Get to play some beautiful courses, and um, something I've always really enjoyed. So it's um, that's probably top of the list. And and I love my commentary. I love talking about the game of cricket. I love. Um, the different intricacies of the tactics used in different um, types of cricket. I love watching other games. I was watching the replay of um, India, New Zealand this morning and watching probably the most informed player on the planet go about his business. And um, it's just amazing to watch, but also trying to think in your head how you'd captain against a player like him is mm. is something that's always sort of, I think, going on when I'm watching these games is I'm, I'm always trying to put myself in the under pressure what what would i do in that position and um always always is interesting watching probably also need to ask just so um uh club cricketers who are who are playing in this competition can maybe um find another club uh if they're coming up against you where does your brother play club cricket my my brother plays cricket at south belgrave cricket club he is he's also nine years older than me so he's, <laughs> he's getting to he's getting really close towards the end 
we could end up playing vets together. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'd just love to go back and, and play one or two games with him. Um, I think that'd be really special. And um, I've got a lot of friends still playing at that club. Guys that I coached when they were 11 and 12 years old who are now captain and coach of the club. So it's it's um, it, it's amazing how things sort of turn around and um, I'd love to be able to give back to them the way they, they supported me, I suppose, all the way through my career. Let's hope we uh, we see you in action at a slightly high level uh, before you do it. end up back at uh, back at South Belgrave in the meantime, Glenn. Um, thanks thanks yeah. very much for your time, mate. No worries, Louis. Cheers, mate. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.